Two mercenaries help wandering caravans fight off an evil and aimless band of white-clad bikers after the nuclear holocaust. On this episode of Discount Film Critics, we discuss 1984's Warriors of the Wasteland, aka The New Barbarians. Directed by Enzo G. Castellari and starring Giancarlo Prete and Fred Williamson. Runtime, 91 minutes. This is something that I'm sure the last movie did not have. It was in the credits. There was uh, someone responsible for continuity, which is, uh, that uh, you know helps in movie making. Wait, so you're saying this had continuity? <laughs> Welcome to Discount Film Critics. I'm Ray, and this is Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Ray. Are, are you ready? to discuss this week's film, Warriors of the Wasteland, AKA The New Barbarians. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I'm ready as, as I'll <laughs> ever be. Did you uh, notice that, that this film, this film <laughs> takes place in the far-flung future of 2019? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, I was, there were two things that like, right off the bat kind of threw me. The, the, the different title in the credits yeah. and, um, the uh the 2019 setting is uh I, you know my initial reaction is whew, i'm glad i made it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you know the story behind the different title uh, i don't know okay. but right. it's interesting that they never changed it like in the uh yeah credits. it's like a full title screen. yeah so um this was i mean obviously you could tell by watching it's a it's a mad max clone right yeah. Mad Max clone uh, released, I think it was shot uh, 83, released in the States in 84, but it was originally an Italian production. That My first hint that something was off, it was the ADR, right? Was the fact that the actors, their their voice was not quite matching up with their lips. It was just, and I, like, I really tried to concentrate and see like, are they saying like the and it looked like they were saying the words but it was just a different voice it was like it was like they had ventriloquists off to the side like like doing the dialogue um yeah. but that's why yeah it was shot outside of rome it was an italian production um a, a mostly italian cast except for uh, of course fred williamson who's in this um but yeah it was uh it was a it was an italian production then re-released by New Line Cinema in 84 under the title Wasteland Warriors. Hmm. There you go. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I mean, it definitely, yeah, I got the feeling from just the kind of way they shot a couple of the stare downs. It's like, oh, this is, if if not uh, from yeah. staff or if, if not from a, uh, production that was familiar with spaghetti westerns it was uh, at least influenced oh, yes um, yes yes oh 100 the one the the one scene that sticks out to me is there's a scene where so okay well, let's just kind of give a give an overview to the audience of, of this film okay one of the things first off i, I just want to say and it's not it's not a it's a very not a huge part of the movie and it's just kind of and it's not that graphic, but just to, as a warning to people, there is at, at one point the main villain sexually assaults the hero, um, and and it's it's not really graphic. It's just I mean it's it's fast and it's a lot of like quick cuts with um, like reaction shots. Uh, there's nothing like um, it's not it's not all that graphic, but you do understand kind of what's going on. Some people might find that disturbing. Uh, so just a warning, um, I mean, I'm not going to dwell on it or anything, but it is part of this movie. So if you think you're going to watch it on your own, um, just be aware of that. Other than that, um, yeah, it, it, I, I got to say just off the bat, like I did not really enjoy this movie and it's not necessarily the movie's fault. Um, but Ryan, what's just the basic gist of this film? There's well, they they pretty efficiently and uh, quickly and economically um, 
depict the apocalypse and uh, show that the there's been an end of the world type event and um, there are survivors. Uh, it does take its time to kind of set up the fact that there's these survivors who are trying to contact other groups out there. And there are also survivors, the Templars, who for whatever reason have decided it's their mission to end civilization because yeah. humanity brought this upon themselves and and it's uh, not worth uh, keeping things going. Wow. Yeah, you, you kind of gathered more of like, that was one of my big issues with the film is the villains and their motivations. Like they didn't really seem to have that much in the way of motivation. And they were just kind of mustache twirling, like we're bad for the sake of being bad. And like the, like the main character, I mean, I'm sorry, the main villain, um, one, I think his name is. Yeah, uh, one or uh supreme one i think is he's mentioned as one, one oh, <laughs> his friends just call him one yeah uh, what was the uh the other there was two other ones there were the two like underlings that are kind of vying for the uh, shadow shadow yeah shadow was the dude with long hair and mako mako uh, yeah who, the guy with the crazy beard who, uh, yeah i don't know if it was his choice or someone else in the production's choice but I thought Mako had the the best. He had a purple mohawk with a long ponytail and uh, a beard that was um, shaped into the shark's teeth. You know, shame on you, Ryan, for not coming on <laughs> right now with the Mako beard. If we ever make our way back to Comic-Con, Mako cosplay 100%. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, the main, the main villain, like... He he flat out says, uh, we're we're gonna exterminate humanity. And, and then that's kind of that's kind of it. Like and it, I think it's it's um maybe not important, but I feel like the 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 line that stuck out to me, one of them I think that that uh maybe I I wonder is kind of um what's the word like uh uh kind of fitting to today's times maybe is he his first line in the movie i think is uh books that's what yeah. started the whole apocalypse yeah dude okay so i that's ryan I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that because that is probably one of the reasons that i don't really enjoy apocalyptic stuff like i used to <laughs> because it, it kind of hits a little close to home <laughs> yeah that's, I, I, like that's true. there's been points in my life where um, I mean, it's in America, we don't really deal with it that much, but there's been these little, a few times where we have some civil unrest in this country. And during those times, it becomes clear to me that the veneer of this polite society we live in is pretty damn thin, right? Yeah. I mean, if I was, a, if somebody said, hey, the power is going to be out for a month. Like, what do you think would happen? Like, I would be terrified. Like, I'd be afraid for my life. I'd be afraid for my family. Like, I, you just feel like, you know, we're just like our whole lives. We've been living this comfortable life. But I mean, that could all just, I mean, there's just a couple things that we have that we hold on to. And if those things went away, we could be barbarian apocalypse. And I, I don't think I'm ready for the, bar I'm too soft, right? I, I, I'm. I'm too soft. I'm not ready for barbarian apocalypse for sure. Uh, I think the ones who are the ones who maybe we gotta worry about. Dude, it's amazing. You're reading my mind because I'm thinking to myself, like there are, there are probably, people I don't want to make any are, generalizations, but that's... yeah, no, I mean, like you got to think like, there's probably folks that are, you know, down on their luck or, you know, they just feel like they've been disrespected or they can, you know, like, uh, like if they're just, it's the, the kind of the character that I think about is uh, Negan from Walking Dead, where he was like, before uh, the zombie apocalypse, I think they make reference to like, he was like a gym teacher or something. And then he took on this whole other kind of life in the, once everything, you know, once everything, uh, uh, the, 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 the guardrails of polite society went down, he is like, I'm, I'm in charge now. Like, why can't I be in charge? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, 
your education, your money, like all that stuff won't matter. doesn't matter. It's, you know, it's kind of like, do you have the will to do these crazy things that, you know, make you the leader of a, of a roving gang of maniacs? Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's, uh, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do you think that we're headed towards like a Mad Max scenario or something like this? Or do you have a little bit more hope for like, where do you see humanity in 300 years? Um, do you, do you have the Star Trek uh, vision or the Mad Max vision? Yeah. I don't think I was prepared for this. Um, I, I think I can pretty quickly sound pretty pessimistic about things. I, but I am overall, I, I, think i'm a pretty optimistic person um but that being said i i i mean i, I worry about uh things you know um there's there's uh and i don't know why i'm trying to put this like, in a polite way but like <laughs> you know there's there's the people who are, are more than willing to accept uh that the world is completely awful and yeah and there's no turning back. I don't think there's. Yeah. A, I don't think it's that to that point, but um, we're certainly testing the limits. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, well, to be honest, like, right? Like, like, there are some people like that. That is like the world is awful for them. You know, like we're. Oh yeah. We're pretty good. Like we got a like we're a pretty good situation. Both of us, the, us two guys. But like I said, there are people that just aren't as aren't as fortunate as us, or had through life experience had a, a really rough go of things, and like. You know why not? Like, yeah, and yeah, that's it, not to say that there's there aren't instances where even like as, as much as I can uh, acknowledge how lucky I am in a lot of ways. Like, you know, you run into you you're run you're running late to work, and then you hit every red light. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, you, then there's an accident or something, and you, as you quickly go, oh man, what what else can happen to me? Uh, it's, uh, it's, oh, I thought you were gonna say I'm gonna put a drill and a flamethrower on my in front of my car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. No, I mean definitely. I mean it's I don't know. I guess you could say it's yeah. I mean, like what is like. I mean, have have humans lived more in a state of like, like this in like, um, kind of I don't want to say chaos, but like survival of the fittest. You know, my 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 group against your group. I mean, we've probably lived longer like that than we have in cities with, you know, form of government. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think there. I think one reason why these kinds of movies kind of are are popular is it's it could be a little bit of um like uh uh wish fulfillment it could be tapping into like a lot of like horror movies and stuff like that it kind of taps into something deep down inside of and us maybe it doesn't have to be a horror movie i, I mean i'm thinking of like uh falling down with michael douglas yeah. it was like no 1993 it's just like you know one one bad day and you turn things uh things completely turn upside down for you yeah 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 yeah, it's and it's interesting, like the manner in which, like how the apocalypse is kind of set up. Like, um, you know, you have like uh, the road, you know, Cormac McCarthy's The Road, where it's kind of implied that, like, uh, at least for me, anyways, like there's some like there was like a meteorite strike, like something big happened that just like it didn't matter, like you know, if you're rich, poor, what your technology, like everybody, like everything just gets reset to like the same level. Yeah, that was a great book, but I never saw the, I haven't seen the movie yet. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty stark. It's pretty stark. It's another one where I was like, I watched it and I'm like, Oh, I'm not ready for this. Like <laughs> there's no way. Uh, but, um, and then there's other depictions of the apocalypse that where you have, um, this is like, if you were to ask me like, Oh, like, how did you see an apocalypse playing out? And then I would say it'd be like this movies. Like, have you ever seen, um, cloud Atlas? No, no. Okay. So <laughs> kind of like my nightmare. I was, you're going to list a bunch of movies. That yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, a movie I saw with you remember doomsday. I think doomsday. I saw doomsday. Yeah. Do you remember doomsday? That sounds so familiar. Uh, it was, um, I, I mean, uh, if I was to explain it, we'd use the whole time to explain it, but it was like, kind of like this where, and, and same thing with Cloud Atlas, where 
you know, like right now we have like, you know, there's a lot of talk about uh, the gap between the haves and the have not and uh, income and class, uh, uh, you know, gap widening, uh, a disparity of people that have access to technology, people that don't. If that gap were to just continue to widen, essentially yeah. the, the, you know, the world would split into two societies, a futuristic society that has technology and you know, they continue developing their technology. And then you have a society that either stays where they're at or even regresses to, you know, how we were hundreds of years ago. Um, like Cloud Atlas does a really good job of, of, of doing that to where it's almost like two different worlds on the same. Mm. And, and I mean, that I see as a much more like, I don't know, uh, plausible uh, way that the apocalypse would go down. You, you know, you have, yeah. you have two, you have two I, groups and there's, definitely see, uh... there's probably tension between those two groups. Um, I, I think like in, in Cloud Atlas, it's like, this, the advanced society just kind of finds the primitive society interesting and visits them and trades with them and kind of doesn't really have any animosity. But like Doomsday, it was like um, <clears throat> they they build a wall and they're you know they're they're like afraid of them and it's it's like a, a much more I don't know contentious existence. Are there um, like transporters between the two? like the different walled um groups i'm trying to remember they sent in it was like the president uh i don't know if it was like oh his son i think uh um malcolm mcdowell was like the president and his son was the head of the more like the primitive society and they lived in a castle and they were like medieval does that ring a bell a little bit. I, yeah, I, I, maybe I, I hope I'm thinking of the right movie. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like that I see as like the more like, like oh, okay, I, I could see it kind of going down like that. So I don't know. Like, and... and It's two sides that are, that are for, yeah, know, on occasion, look at the other as being the cause of all the problems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah, afraid of each other. But I, I think... Like overall, like I'm kind of with you. Like, I sure hope we figure it out. <laughs> Part of it is like I'm a parent. Like I always think about my kids, like what life's going to be like for them, like after I'm gone. And it's like I, I, you know, I would, I would sure hope that we could pull ourselves together and, uh, you know, have the more Star Trek vision. You know, I mean, maybe without like Klingon battle, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, but I'll tell you this though. Uh, I I saw I heard this. This was this is not. Uh, this was I think I saw this on. I heard this on NPR. Um, when they store nuclear waste, um, and they put the warning labels on the containers, one of the things they do is um, they have different languages, of course, but they have it. Um, the warnings displayed as pictures because uh, futurists think it's probably just as likely that. 500 years from now, a less advanced society will come across the nuclear waste as an advanced society. That I kind of, kind of freaked me out. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess it's good to be prepared, but yeah. uh, okay. Yeah. Back to this, back to uh, this uh, version of the apocalypse. Um, so yeah, um, my big, gripe with this movie is is the villain like to just be like yeah i'm gonna run around and kill people like that's not if you're out there like aspiring screenwriters i think one important thing is to have your antagonist there needs to be something appealing about them like there needs to be something either they're funny and it, it, not only that the fact that this dude like the main guy is a cult leader basically like people don't follow people don't join a cult and follow somebody because they're a bore or they're mean they do it because there's something about them they like they're funny they maybe you know maybe they have a code of ethics it might be a warped code of ethics but it's a code of ethics that they follow or 
I think even like I love when movies do this. You have a villain that maybe at some point does something good. Like there's that's certainly a possibility too. But this guy was just like, like you know, it was just like there was nothing. He was just bad for bad sake. And I, yeah. I find that I find that really boring. Um, yeah. but again, like I don't know, like it's just kind of a Mad Max ripoff. <laughs> I get I get what you're saying. I, I think maybe maybe one of the things that attracted people to it was um uh his, <laughs> to some degree his forward thinking um because he <laughs> although his plan was pretty straightforward to wipe out the rest of humanity um and i would assume he'd want to get that done as quickly as possible he had a succession plan in place uh and had yeah. uh had uh and that kind of caused a little bit of a um uh animosity i think between little, little the tension things um, yeah shadow wasn't really happy with it um, no he wasn't it was pretty clear mako was his next in line yes yes he sure was yeah i mean for yeah. an op- for most of the apocalyptic movie they sure spent quite a lot of time mentioning that well yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's like yeah and they were the two were kind of like just bigger yeah yeah and then well like one thing like the design like their their uniforms they had these like uh like white like it was almost like motorcycle outfits like stormtrooper-esque is is what first thing i thought of exactly Um, second thing i thought it was man shoulder pads had a chokehold in the 80s right (laughs) comically large like bulbous shoulder pads they were just as influenced from the space balls uh Exactly. Uh, stormtroopers as they were the star wars movie. right that's what i was gonna say they have like these round circular helmets that made them look like they're from space balls <laughs> uh yeah and th- now I, one of the highlights i, I don't want to be too negative on this but i i did enjoy the fact that um uh, because i i love uh twisted metal the video game and the fact that they have like these implements on their cars, like a spinning blade or a flamethrower or a little, like every single, everybody that had a car, that car had some kind of special little function. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool. Now the actual, like, that might be the, what I was thinking of rather than doomsday was twisted metal. Yeah. <laughs> twisted metal. The, the drivers between the different cities. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now the actual, like, implementation of like the actual like uh action that they're associated with it's like it was really bad but the the fact that they spent some money on like oh like the drill comes out or oh the little the little uh little arm comes out with a saw blade like i was like okay like that's pretty cool that's pretty cool but i mean the way they do it it's usually like it's not like two like would you have that kind of thing right drills and flamethrowers and saw blades I mean, I'm seeing like two cars tearing down the road. They're fighting each other, all that. But that's not that's not what it was. It was a dude in a dune buggy chasing somebody on foot at a comically slow speed. Um, and, you know, and and it was like, oh, it, it was kind of a, a pretty gnarly looking uh, beheading, for um, which Bro. which was a kind of uh, equal parts comedic and. Uh, because it's obviously a dummy, but but also it was uh, somehow this is pretty low budget. I wouldn't know about when it. it hit the ground, which was uh, with was twitch. Fascinated by. <laughs> I dude, I noticed that. That's so funny. Was like the twitching and stuff. But the my my favorite one was uh you know Fred Fred Williamson is kind of like a proto Hawkeye. Like he's got the uh the bracer on with the different arrowheads, and he's like shooting the exploding arrowheads down on the. The Templars, and he hits the one guy riding the motorcycle in the, in the head, and his head explodes. And then the motorcycle keeps on going for like, uh, you know, like thirty yards, and then like finally tips over. I that was applause worthy. Like, like bravo. There was a one. similar uh, one where it was the dune buggy, the driver, and then a, a second trooper there, Templar there. And the second Templar like gets in the chest and it explodes, and he's like hanging like the T one thousand over the side of it, and uh, and he, he stays there the whole the whole rest of the scene, which is uh, I thought pretty funny. 
Yeah, those okay. Bravo to the uh, squib. I mean, some of that stuff looked like I don't. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I I'm, I think it was probably like a quick cut to like a mannequin or something. But yeah. the again, if nothing else, between this movie and the last movie, it, uh, the pyrotechnics, uh, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. The, the I thought the makeup like all all kind of all together was was a, a plus. I mean. Uh, even the the first scene of survivors getting jumped by the Templars, uh, they yeah. they have a couple of shots where they are hit by gunfire, and yeah. you simply turn around, you see a, the the scarring on their face or somewhere, yeah. and and uh, it didn't look too bad. Yeah, there was like that old lady that gets hit in the face, and that really stood out to me. I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, they didn't really have like laser guns, and they weren't conventional guns like we know. They were like, I think he referred to them as a heat gun. So like they kind of blast these these. You don't see like they didn't they didn't rotoscope any like blast effects. It was just you you would just like they'd be the a spark. sound effect. Yeah, like sound effect, and then the person would get hit. Um, yeah, so it was a little bit. It took a little getting used to. Um, but yeah, and then we get the sense that our hero, it, well, they, they, they say it, he's a former Templar, right? That, uh, defected. He, he decided it wasn't for him and his yeah, name, it's something like that. I, I didn't get the sense that he was a former one, but they had history. They made that clear. Oh, okay. I, I, I felt like he was part of their group and then he left. Um, it could be. And they were like, I, nobody leaves. Yeah, it could be, <laughs> but they, um, you know, there was one of them, I think it was Shadow who kept just imploring the the leader to like, kill this guy already, <laughs> you know, to stop sending him off uh, to do his thing because he's gonna he keeps killing us. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what's the lead character's name? The lead character? Yeah, the hero. <laughs> well, that's they take their time saying it, but uh, uh scorpion scorpion i felt like if if will ferrell and john c Riley's characters from Step Brothers made a movie it'd be this <laughs> we had we had shadow scorpion uh mako you know, mako <laughs> there was another one that's mentioned but oh what's the uh... most part they don't have names and and in the credits i'm jumping to the end now but the credits don't even give character names to the cast. It's just the list of also appearing. Yeah. Fred Williamson's character was Nadir. It's kind of interesting now, like, um, you know, we referenced Spaceballs earlier, and I realized, like, that movie came out probably, like, three or four years after this one. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and um, like, the... You know, my brain wants to reference a lot of stuff that's a lot more recent, like the yeah. the dune buggies driving around, the Templars are driving around, and like all, the first thing I think of is the Cybertruck. You know, it's all sharp <laughs> angles and uh, yeah, sharp angles and uh, uh, and, and metal. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know that that was another thing I I kind of had a I did not really like about this movie is um is and and it's common for like again there's like a lot a lot of movies in this genre kind of the Mad Max uh things that are derivative of mad max but it's like mad max all the vehicles are built for the production a lot of these i get the sense it's like okay give me a hundred bucks i'll loan you my doom buggy for for two weeks uh I, you know i don't care what uh cardboard you glue to it but I need it back and I need it back in good condition like <laughs> I kind of get like uh I think the like the hero he drove around and it looked like it was like a Pontiac GTO. I or love something. this car. I love yeah. this car because uh, it was the, like the first thing I thought of was the Homer from The Simpsons <laughs> when uh, his his half brother asked Homer to design the car for the everyday man. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like I mean like it would have been like he had a like an observation bubble uh, glued to the top that like he never yeah. really used. And then you also had like uh like the tube that you have in the back of your dryer, like that on there. Um I mean he did have a like a weapon set. His oh no, his the thing that I loved about his car the most was there's that one part where uh the Templars 
they're driving around and a guy launches like a magnetic bomb and it like latches onto his car door and then yeah. he he checks the car door back at the guy and it yeah. blows up i was like yo like that was another one i was like okay that's pretty stinking cool we um, get to know his uh his mechanic a little bit and uh, oh the kid oh my gosh his child mechanic and uh and so it uh it um doesn't surprise me how uh yeah, clever some of the defense things are. That kid, that kid, I'll tell you what. Okay, so let's just, because we brought the kid into this, so that's that's good. So basically, kind of like a big part of this movie is we've got the roving gang that's just out to get everybody, and then we have the hero who's kind of a lone yeah, can... wolf for the most part, but the only way he's going to defeat... Templars and keep them from terrorizing people because the people they isn't it don't they get a signal they get like a radio signal that says that there's a civilization that come to the civilization right and like the, the there's like kind of like the groups of people are like they're trying to make it to this signal and the Templars are intercepting them and saying they their position is there's no signal there's no nothing nothing matters we're just gonna because we like it um, but you have this ragtag band of mercenaries kind of that are going to take on the Templars. They include our hero, uh, Scorpion. The kid, I don't think he's got, he doesn't have a name. Um, And uh, Nadir, which is Fred Williamson's character, who they seem to be like, it's kind of like a Han Solo, Lando Calrissian relationship. Yeah. I kind of get the, (laughs) I kind of get the sense. Um, and those three, uh, there's like, well, I mentioned this, uh, Scorpion, uh, rescues a woman, uh, from the Templars and she kind of becomes his love interest. And then the Templars take her hostage along with, uh, another group of people. And the kind of the, the, the climax of the film is, uh, the kid, the, the the brilliant child mechanic mm-hmm. scorpion and fred williamson they have a big showdown right and they gotta they gotta take down the templars um and i gotta say this that kid in his so fred williamson he's a master of uh bow and arrow he's got explosive tips to his bows i mean i'm sorry to his arrows and the kid has a slingshot as the kids say like Fortnite and stuff that slingshot is op it is overpowered yeah. that kid no is, is one uh, shot and fools yeah <laughs> that, that kid's one shot and fools in the neck right <laughs> like, between the, uh, the armored chest and plate and the uh the helmet right in the perfect throat. shot every time and then like i'm thinking like as this kid is doing this i'm like why are the other guys even there like <laughs> the kid just could have taken them all by himself uh, uh yeah, but the kid is two of my favorite lines in the movie too. <laughs> What's that? Uh, one was, uh, and it's it's mainly it's probably mostly because of the odd accent. But he says, um, "Hey, I can't believe you come. I can't believe you come here like only to play." <laughs> <laughs> and that's before he he pulls the human ear out of the guy's car. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. And then when when he fixes the car up, uh, and uh, Scorpion takes off. Uh, the kid says something like, uh, "Hang loose, hot rod, come back soon." <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! And in the, oh. in the closed captioning, it's translated as, "There goes hot rod, come back soon." <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I kind of like it either way. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. I mean, but there's there's not a lot that happens. Like, it, it, if you were to if. This is one of those movies where, like, apocalyptic like, like, like laser blast. Like, I kind of could recount to you like the events of the film. This, I'm it's just kind of a blur because a lot of the scenes are the same. Like, uh, you know, somebody's driving in a car, Templars run them off the road, two people jump out of the car, run on foot, the Templars, you know, with their implements on their cars, like, kill them. Like, yeah, and. One of the things like the, we we had mentioned before, like 
the car, the, the vehicular combat scenes are comically slow. And I was doing a little research and it said like the director, they shot the, the car, the action scenes in like different frame rates because they felt like, uh, like he would give them some different kinds of options for in like editing. But if you film something, if you film an action scene in a low frame rate, it, it speeds up the action. If you film something in a high frame rate, it makes it slow. So it, it, the appearance of being slow. That's why like some of these car scenes, it seems like the cars are driving 20 miles an hour. <laughs> it's like, again, it just... Maybe, it, maybe the thinking was uh, um, was kind of along the lines of Major League when they filmed the... Wesley Snipes running in slow motion because he keeps <laughs> actually not that fast in real life. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, it, it just, again, it's, it just like, it just points a thing. It, it shines a light on just how great uh, George Miller's Mad Max movies are. I mean, just even though like, like this, I mean, it was filmed in the kind of the countryside outside of Rome, but I mean, great again. Like, I don't know what I'm expecting from an apocalypse movie, but the the scenery is just so drab and boring. And but with George Miller's Mad Max, they almost exclusively like, yeah, they take place in a wasteland too, and in like a desert for the most part. But George Miller has such a visual flair that it's those movies are so like way more interesting. And I I don't know if it's like. I mean, yeah, I think a lot of it is is George Miller's uh, eye for for visuals and action scenes, and Mel Gibson's charisma uh, in that role. Uh, it's just, uh, I mean, I don't think the lead was terrible. I think he was a little bit better than Laser Blast, but like, he's no Mel Gibson in Mad Max. No, it's definitely uh, uh, higher production than. Laser blasts, and that's that seemed to be definitely a, a, a DIY project in and of itself. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, Mad Max is like it's kind of a blind spot for me because as much as I love Fury Road, is like just like I don't know to me, that's almost a perfect movie. Uh, I have not actually sat and watched the other, the older Mad Max movies, and dude. And I, I feel like I, on one end, I feel like I need to watch them. On the other, I just like I'm afraid they can't match Fury no, Road. I do. I'll tell you one that will. Uh, Mad Max. It would be the third one. Uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. That mm. movie is so damn good. Uh, it, it it still holds up. I remember watching it just a few years ago. It is it is awesome. It's awesome. You have. I mean, it's. Again, the visuals, the action scenes are amazing. You got Mel Gibson, you got Tina Turner. Uh, she's fantastic. You you should you should really do yourself a favor and check out. Like that's like, that's, like if somebody says like, oh, should I should I watch uh, Wasteland? I'd be like, no 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 no, take that time and watch any of the Mad Maxes. But uh, you know, if Beyond Thunderdome, uh, you should watch that one. It's so good. Okay. The soundtrack, the, the the music is phenomenal. I mean, from uh, you know, like you know, Tina uh, Tina Turner's song aside, like it's it's really good score, great special effects, great action scenes. Yeah, it's a really good one. It's a really good one. Um, but it's kind of interesting. Like the original Mad Max movies, they're all kind of standalone, so you can kind of just watch them interchangeably. Um, I, they they always come across to me like, um, oh yeah, I want to watch it, but then. I don't, and I don't <laughs> feel like the need to watch them. But I mean, I know I should, you know. But, but um, it's they're like these stories, like Rambo, and even Star Wars. You know, even if you haven't seen it, you kind of know the story by through osmosis. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and there's kind of baked into the culture. In, yeah, yeah, it's it's referenced in so many different ways, and and you kind of pick it up whether you know it or not. Mm -hmm, mm hmm yeah 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 a again it's like i think yeah it's just i mean again like you know if you put this film in the context of the time it's a lot like 
laser blast in that they're saying oh you know the science fiction movies are hot because of star wars all the kids want to watch science fiction let's make a science fiction movie and same thing with this it's like oh everybody's loving mad max there's a new mad max coming out next year we gotta like let's make yeah. one um it's it's kind of like it's kind of like that it's kind of but i don't know it just it's just not nearly as enjoyable and if i mean maybe if you hadn't seen mad max you might like this better but if you have seen Mad Max, you're going to be like, oh, it's just a pale imitation. Um, I mean, I mean, uh, Fred Williamson is kind of is good in it. Um, he kind of has like, a, you know, again, he's kind of it really is a lot like a Lando Calrissian type. You know, he's kind of <laughs> got that charm and sly smile and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, he, and he's wearing clothes that aren't like, like, I know, like his costume was different, you know, like he was kind of like a medieval it was almost like a medieval uh it was almost something like uh, you would have seen him like in Conan the Barbarian um kind of kind of outfit big gold, big gold gauntlets and dif different colored yeah. arrow tips but they all seem to just explode <laughs> so yeah. i don't know if there's different reasons different uses for them or not but uh, uh yeah it was this this movie like there, again there's some like apocalypse movies that um it it wasn't like there was a mix of like future technology and I kind of like it, I guess a mix of future technology and like old technology. Uh, you know, you see that and stuff like, um, Terry Gilliam, Terry Gilliam loves doing that kind of thing, mixing like future technology with like, either contemporary technology or like old, old style technology. Yeah. I know it's, it's cool. Aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting aesthetic. I don't know. It didn't really, it didn't help this film a whole lot. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, well, we should just say the climax with their powers combined, they take on the Templars, they succeed. Yeah. And I did like, do you remember the last shot of the movie? I do. What was it? Yeah. Let's see. Hopefully I remember it. Too. So they, yeah. So I don't know if we want to go through the ending, but like, yeah, he, he gets, he recovers from his assault. They, the survivors are getting uh, attacked by the Templars. They uh, uh, scare off uh, the 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 one, the leader of the mm -hmm. Templars, and he chases them down. Um, and the and the movie ends with the shot of uh, <laughs> Nadir going off with the the woman that they paired him up with. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, the the woman that Scorpion saved comes up on one side and the other side the the kid mechanic yes. uh, comes up and, and uh, takes uh, Scorpion's hand yes and you kind of get the feeling like oh like I know I like that was yeah I like that because it's like oh they're gonna be like a little family <laughs> I was like I was like oh that's kind of nice like I don't know and like kind of the the the, the grim drab like misery of the movie i was like oh that's kind of a nice way to end it you know hey, although earlier in the movie he says something like um uh because nadir doesn't he try to convince him to to kind of leave leave that templar stuff behind yeah and the scorpion system like i'll only be at peace with dead templars <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah so he yes this, he had this mission that. going on uh that uh he um yeah he kind of reaches the the end of it and uh decides oh got me some little family here <laughs> with his uh clear plastic arm body armor yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that scene where the bad guy is shooting him and it's just like you know he's like he's like it's like there's like uh you know squibs going off right and left and then he's like i got him and then he drops he drops his he drops his clothes and it's got that clear I mean, that looked ridiculous. <laughs> like there's so many, so many, so many other like choices. I, right? Was he like, I mean, okay, I can imagine a scenario where like, they're like, look, you got to wear some armor. He's like, no, like I worked out way too much to be able to be, had to cover myself up with armor. They're like, okay, we'll reach a compromise. Transparent armor. <laughs> okay. Good enough for me. Yeah. He does so much in his car. You'd think it'd be a no brainer to bulletproof his car but uh he saw took one look at that window and said kid let me wear that <laughs> <laughs>
So <laughs> what would you would you recommend this film to a friend? No. No, no, neither would I. But I would say <laughs> I, I, no. <laughs> I would recommend Mad Max, uh specifically Beyond Thunderdome. Um, okay. I, I would I would say instead of taking the time to watch this, watch that. Um oh, and I'll, I'll go back twenty four hours and tell myself that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alice, uh, well, another thing. So, being a film critic, what's your uh, what's your one line title of the article of of this review? Oh man, uh, uh, probably that books line. Books. Books. <laughs> started the apocalypse. <laughs> I think that the, there's I don't really know where to go with that you know there's so much that like oh maybe just oh yeah. <laughs> there's uh the the I mean you know they go from the the assault scene on the hero to uh like mirroring it in the way he kills the 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 yes yes like it's it's kind of like turnabout yeah but how do you like i don't know how do you sum that up (laughs) yeah 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 i I, you know (laughs) yeah i i just like for me it's like and i would say like like my one sentence is like you know who knew you could die from boredom in the apocalypse? Like, it's just, I don't know. It was just, it was just, there's so many things you could do. And I was just, I was just totally bored. Like, I don't know. There, like, there's some flashes of, of interesting ideas and, and things like that. And then, you know, it did take a lot of work to, you know, put a saw blade and a, and a, <laughs> and stuff like that on a car. Um, yeah. There's still but, a small part that looks at it and goes, Oh man, that's impressive. You know, a group of people made that. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, yeah. it didn't it just didn't have it didn't have again, I think so much of it hinges on your villain and yeah. your hero. Like I think that the 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 protagonist, I think Scorpion, he was fine. Like he was good enough. But I don't know. I, I would have I would have liked to see have a little bit more of an interesting villain. And I'll admit. Some of those, like, I think it was Mako. I don't know. Sometimes I got a little confused, like, who is who. Um, I don't know they if were... it was because I had to watch it, like, in segments. But I was like, who's this guy? Like, which guy is which? Um, I, wonder if, I wonder if things, like, because you mentioned how much of it seemed to have been re-recorded. I wonder if that oh. played a part. And, and, you know, because... They didn't really. You kind of had to like pick up through the dialogue who was, if if a character had a name, who was who. Yeah. Uh, you know, the leader of the survivor group, I think, is is yeah. at one time mentioned as being named Moses, but that doesn't come up ever yeah. again. And so maybe some of the I got maybe Mako probably was there from the start, but but the rest of it might have changed uh, as as it was if it was re-recorded and. And that yeah. might be why there's no characters named at the end of the uh, credits. Yeah. It also, I, Ryan, it would not surprise me if it was heavily edited. Like there were certain scenes that were edited out for the American version that are in, because we watched the American version. We didn't watch the Italian version. Um, so yeah, I wonder, I bet you there was some other things in the Italian version that weren't in the American version. It is listed under the final barbarians uh, or the new barbarians in, uh, in Amazon. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe it's, maybe it's a different version or maybe it's just did, the same runtime. Yeah. My version was, wait, so did it not say wasteland warriors? Oh, or, mine, um, mine was wasteland warriors on, in the menu. Yeah. In the, right. But, uh, the title of the the title uh, card of the know, movie said "New Barbarians." Okay. Yeah, and so there was another one that said listed as under "New Barbarians." Mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, again, just as we, next week. <laughs> you know, we gotta have we need a palate cleanser. I feel like, but I was just real quick. Um, uh, the idea of like books causing the apocalypse, specifically books with like religious connotations. Have you seen Book of Eli? Yes, it's been a that's long a, time. 
Yeah, that's yeah. another one that's pretty good. I like I like Book of Eli. That's another one that's like if you're looking for some apocalypse, like uh, post apocalyptic, post apocalyptic movie. That's a that's a better one. It's not perfect, but it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But yeah, yeah. Well, Ryan, thank you for taking the time to discuss Wasteland Warriors, aka the new Barbarians. Now again. I hadn't watched this movie. I picked it. I'm not going to lie. I picked it almost exclusively off the title and the cover art. <laughs> but it, this is another one that it, it wasn't done. Uh, Mystery Science Theater didn't do it, but Rift Tracks did it, which is oh. the, basically the the guys that did that started Mystery Science Theater. Um, yeah. They they did like another version of it later on. It's Rift Tracks. And they, yeah, they did this on that. But I, I hadn't I hadn't watched that. I hadn't seen this movie, but uh, I don't know. Look, <laughs> I don't think I would. I never would have. If I wasn't doing this podcast, I never would have watched that movie. Yeah. But I did. And now I got to live with it. <laughs> I think uh, no matter whether it's, whether it's good or bad, we got to you know kind of keep that optimistic part of me going. <laughs> Just hope that we learn something. Yeah. But... Well, look for an for an aspiring filmmaker. Last week we learned. You know, you need to have a charismatic lead, if nothing else. And this week, we learned you need to have a charismatic villain, if nothing else. Or at least villains that have clear motivations. <laughs> and I, um, I, I, you know, I'll tell you a second thing I learned. And this is something that I'm sure the last movie did not have. It was in the credits. There was uh, someone responsible for continuity, <laughs> which is <laughs> that... Uh, you know, helps in movie making. Wait, so you're saying this had continuity? <laughs> yeah. It did. No, because I, I, I specifically thing. remember his door being off. I was like, oh shit, he's driving with this door off the entire movie. Right? Like after he ejected <laughs> well, his door. He ejected his door, but you know, they do do they do go back to the kid and uh, maybe the kid helped repair it. I don't know. I I feel like the rest of the movie he didn't have a door. Okay, we gotta watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I gotta watch this again. Just fire it up. Yeah, well, next week we'll have to do something. Uh, or yeah, our next movie we'll have to do something good. Yeah, <laughs> the job, but let's credit it in the movie. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, hey, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Um, we'll be back again with another gem of a film, no doubt. Yeah, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to class it up. We're gonna have to. <laughs> we're gonna have to. I'll, I'll pick something. Uh, I'll pick something. Uh, something. Uh, we'll go in a different direction. But thank you, everybody, and thank you for listening. Um, please don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast, Brian. Especially you. Have you subscribed to it on iTunes? Oh yeah. Okay. Did you rate it five stars? Uh, sure. <laughs> if I look, if I go there to check the ratings and I see one that goes five stars, that Ryan guy is pretty good, but man, the other guy right is obnoxious. I know, I know what happened. No, I can't. I can't believe that that'll be there. I will. I will rate it five stars. <laughs> okay, great. All right, hey. Zeros. <laughs> All right, uh, for discount film critics, I am Ray. And I'm Ryan. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye.